Hey, this is Shamina. This is the Two Quick Things podcast. Welcome back to another week of the show. I got two topics this week, so I'm trying to get back to on occasion doing the two quick things. The first one is around a situation that I recently experienced, and I don't have, I won't speak in in very many specifics, but let's just say I had a, a coarse interaction with someone that I love and care for deeply, and it was really uncomfortable. So I found myself recently kind of sitting in that space and trying to feel the feelings as opposed to brush them off and pretend like they're not there. And one of the things that took me off guard with this situation was that I, my response felt uncharacteristically emotional to something that was, that could be perceived as fairly simple. So by no means am I trying to minimize my own feelings, but I am not, I'm not drawn and guided by emotion in that way so that it shows out outwardly. Some of that's a coping mechanism of using humor. Some of that is just, I'm not all typically hardwired to respond emotionally in that way. I may have some physical manifestations of like an emotional response. Like if I feel backed into a corner or something like that, like I may start to sweat a little bit or my face or my cheeks will get red and I don't have any control over that. Um, In this particular situation, I have had uh, enough time, um, not much time, but enough time to kind of pause and think, about myself in this situation because really I all I can do is be in control of like my own response and how I received um, the experience and I'll call it just that an experience and I started to think have I been holding back emotions and words so tightly that this was a tipping point for me that I was in this situation and I wasn't sure if I was going to have a fight or flight response. And in this situation, I instantly went for flight. Um, And to be honest, it sucked. I am one who uses words and can sometimes cut with words unintentionally. But in this situation, it was very much a, I didn't have the words because it was so not what I expected to happen. And so part of the work that I do and that I'm exposed to professionally is in HR, obviously, but also in thinking about trauma-informed systems and organizations. And as I looked back at some of the material around trauma-informed systems, which this is a little bit technical, but I realized that my response was a trauma-organized trauma, um, response. So I didn't have the words to say or the movements to give myself in that situation. So I froze. And I had, like I said, a really emotional, an internally emotional response at first, and then a bit of an external emotional response, and then a real external emotional response. And I don't really have a point of the story, but I think I've been thinking about how I am trying really hard to lean into feelings and to lean into my own feelings and not wash over them and pretend like they don't matter. And if I'm the only one that is uh, listening to this podcast or recording it that has difficulty leaning in, then so be it. Hopefully you're way evolved and you don't, you know, take you don't have any times when you try to ignore your feelings or put them in a box or compartmentalize. And I've always seen the compartmentalization of feelings as something that can be good or can be at least perceived as good, because that means I know how to 
take something in, not let it take over and then move on. But this situation really gave me a lot of pause. So I've been kind of feeling like I I can overanalyze and overthink many things. And this one, I feel like there's a pull to be paused. There's something that I'm supposed to be learning from this about myself, about the way that I engage with the, the world and how I want to engage with the world. And some of it is thinking of, of thinking of this question of what am I unwilling to feel and why did this feel so monumental? And I haven't figured that out yet, but I, I, I'm, I'm working with myself to not rush to feel over something and to really sit in the ugliness of the feelings. And unfortunately for me, part of the ugliness is that I replay over and over in my mind the interaction. And then I think of like, could I have said something different? Would I have said something different? How would I respond if this were to happen again? And it it's a little bit upsetting. So again, I wish I had a uh, a nice little bow at the end of this. And th- there was, there was um, some reconciliation that happened and I'm super grateful for that, but I can't shake that feeling just yet of how it felt in the moment of that course interaction. So part of my work is to, to spend some time continuing to think and process out loud, either with myself or I process a lot when I am um, doing my workouts and running really. And trying to figure out what have I not been feeling and what have I maybe been holding on to so tightly that this seemingly small thing tipped me over um, and tried to explore what, what am I unwilling to feel and why? And some of this is work I cannot do just by myself. So obviously this is work that you would do with a therapist or a trained professional. I'm getting there. Um, charge it to my head, not my heart, but it's really given me this of a, a strong pull to pause and be reflective. And for me, that some of that means like emptying out my calendar so I don't have a lot of things. Really spending some time with myself, and it's not so much like drastic as like reevaluating values and things like that. But really, like if I go on a walk for work, my thirty-minute walk during the workday not feeling like I need to be on the phone talking with someone. I'm not really a nature person, so I don't want to just be out in nature listening to the birds or whatever. But maybe I'm listening to music as opposed to absorbing like content from another podcast or a radio show or something like that. But really being mindful and thoughtful of pausing and checking in with myself, not only around how I'm feeling about this particular situation, but about how I'm feeling about any and all interactions that I'm having and making sure that I'm checking in with myself. So some of this is jumping back to last week when we're talking about when I talked about awareness and being aware of my own feelings and how I'm responding and what do I want to change about that respond if, response, if anything, and not feeling like I need to be in a hurry or a rush to get to the next topic or move on with my life because that doesn't matter. Because really, I am I am a sensitive person. Um, I have a fairly, you know, perhaps rugged, sturdy exterior, but I'm human. I am sensitive in a number of ways. And sometimes my defense mechanisms come up in that. So I know I'm not the only one that is listening to the show slash recording it and having those feelings of like, I'm tough and I need to like armor up, but really like I I'm pretty soft and tender. I'm, I'm generally quite, you know, 
rough. I don't want to, I was going to say raggedy, but I don't mean raggedy, but a little bit rough and coarse, but there's a sensitive side to me that I'm trying to make sure that I tend to. So I'm, I'm not always giving off this, like I'm tough, nothing hurts me. Cause sometimes things do hurt and I want to honor myself in acknowledging when those things hurt and deal with it as opposed to sweeping it under the rug. So that's just something that I'm dealing with right now. And I wanted to share that because I I kind of consider this a little bit of my diary. Y'all ain't gonna know all my business. Um, But I think that was, for me, it was worth sharing and kind of getting out into the open because it took me a little bit of time to figure out what those feelings were. And and I'm still working through what my response is going to be with myself. So hopefully that helps someone and know that you're not by yourself if you feel like you are sometimes having a reaction that doesn't suit the specific situation. All right. So now I'm going to give you a little Black History Month moment a piece. I'm not quite sure what to call it, but I'm going to talk a little bit about what it's like to be black at work. And I, I'm speaking from my own perspective. I do not speak for all black people, but I know based on some conversations that a number of black people that I know that also work have experienced these things too. So not in the same degree because we're not the same person, but um, this is just my experience of, so I got maybe like five or six things. So while I'm black at work, I find that I'm uh, tampering down who I am um, and that doesn't work at work. It means I am playing smaller than I want to be. And it sucks because I don't, I've always, I've shared with my supervisor who was, um, whatever that means, uh, that I don't know that I could ever show up to my, to work and be my full self, um, because I value consistency and things like that. Not that I'm gonna go off, like popping off on people or anything like that, but there's just some things that are not meant for everybody to see because I, I, I would end up doing more explaining than I wanted to. And I don't want to. Um, being black at work means having your confidence questioned um, when you don't lose your mind over work shit. So I've had certainly supervisors in the past question, not outright question, like, how are you so confident? But you can see them being like, how is this person keeping cool under pressure? And I'm like, Look, Jan, I'm not going to lose my mind over something that y'all pay me to be here for. I don't have time for that because when I leave, I'm going to do my damnness to leave this baloney or whatnot here at the job. So I don't have time to lose my mind over every little thing and be worked up about every little thing related to work. I have things to do. I have deadlines to meet that are my own and that are yours. So sure, you can call it having confidence. I just I know what I'm here to do and I'm here to do this job. And that's about it. Um, and that doesn't mean I'm not going to exceed expectations or anything like that, but I don't have time to lose it over everything. So you, you can call that confidence if you want to. Um, being black at work for me means not always being given the benefit of the doubt because I'm supposed to know something. Um, because I don't walk around confused and as though I'm like, I have no idea. I've never done this before. Even if I haven't done this before, I'm, I'm going to look. If I'm in a meeting and I have to Google something in the meeting, I'm going to Google it in the meeting. And you're going to think that I know what I'm talking about. That's, that's not on me. That's on you. But I don't, I feel like I'm not always given the benefit of the doubt of things that I am still learning and growing into as a professional, because each situation is going to bring something a little bit different. 
Let's see. Being black at work means putting on a mask to the performance of work. Um, I've talked about this in a previous episode about the performance of work and oftentimes how we have to show up, especially if you're black, not for all black people, but my lived experience is that I got to put on a smile if I have a little bit of RBF, which is resting bitch face, which I don't tend to have. But if I'm not like jovial and smiling and super engaged, like it's like, what's wrong? Nothing is wrong, Jan. I just don't want to smile. I'm busy. I'm doing things. Leave me be. But to have that question when really I'm just trying to focus and get my task done doesn't mean that I'm not having a good time. I'm not learning. But if I have to put on the mask of performance so that you stay out of my face, then that's something that I have to do. And you can call it a choice or you can call it survival. Um, Any way you look at it, you got to call it something. Um, Being black at work means that there are occasions when I am silent on things that matter and I have to actively learn how to move beyond that silence. I got to use my voice when I have the opportunity because it might not be there in the future. So it's really being super calculated about the things I say, knowing that there are consequences to um, the actions or the things that I say. And that is a burden to bear to have to think about every little thing. And there are some jokers who can be at work and they just say whatever. And I know I'm not the only one person that looks at him and is like, who raised you? Who just let you talk about any and everything? Get out of here with that. So being black at work means that there are times when I'm silent and there are times when I actively have to use my voice because I can't trust that anyone else is going to use um, their voice for, I I was going to say for the power of good, but to be heard and to really institute change. Um, Here's another one that's off script. Being black at work means that people assume that I am like all sorts of into DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion work and training. And don't get me wrong, I believe fully and wholly the tenets of diversity, equity, inclusion. It is necessary. I am a beneficiary of that, and I will always take part in the work. But that's not the only thing that I do, and that's not the only thing that I want to do. Um, I did not study that uh, type of work. It is certainly influenced and ingrained in anything that I have, any role that I've been a part of. And I certainly know that I have to use my voice for that. But that's not the end all be all. Like there are lots of other things that I like to do and that I love to do that are not specific to the diversity, equity, and inclusion and or the social justice space. And that feels it feels risky to say even on my own podcast for the people who may want to like shout me down or whatever, but this is my podcast and it's my truth. So there's that. But being black at work means that people will assume that I have the answers to those. I can give you feedback on your, whether or not your sentence is culturally appropriate or culturally offensive. I'm like, girl, I don't know. I might feel a way about it, but that doesn't mean, you know, Lisa over there is going to feel a way about it. You just got to do it and take the risk. But then don't don't blame me if it goes wrong. Because I'm be like, yeah, you should do that. But that's on you, however you want to do it, girl. Um, so I know <laughs> I know a thousand percent I'm not the only person that has said that. Because I think that diversity, equity, inclusion work is exhausting. And it is some people's really strong ministry. It is not my ministry. Like I said, I 100% believe in the tenets of it, the importance, and certainly value it. And we'll take part of any of those conversations that come up, but it's not my ministry. I find the work to be exhausting. Um, Some of these folks out here, they don't know what to do with that. And I'm not the one because I, those, that would be probably a situation where 
if I was in fight or flight, I would want to fight because I've been in those spaces before. And I realized I'm like, Ooh, like I feel angry and I feel worked up. And I don't even know if I could put it under the guise of passion. Um, but I feel angry at sometimes the ignorance and stupidity of, of folks who are in that space. And that doesn't mean it's nice, which is why a lot of the times I stay quiet on that because I don't always have the words that are going to be helpful for people. So I try not, I try to do the, like, if you don't have anything nice, don't say anything at all. So sometimes I'm in those spaces quiet because I know that people have to learn. I just don't always want to be like the test dummy for people to learn on or to make the mistake with. Um, But please believe if a mistake is made with me, I will have a one-to-one conversation with said person about the mistake. I have done it before. I will do it again because I certainly believe in like um, if you have, um, if you're saying something or something that hits me in a, in a, a way that feels wrong for me, I'm going to have a conversation with you. I'm not going to call you out like aggressively or assertively in public, but please believe I will likely say something in public, but not always, but I will certainly pull you to the side and ask you like, Hey, can we check in? Because something that you said was really impacted me. And I want to make sure that we clear the air and get the stuff out on the table because it's weighing on me. I can't speak for you, but it's weighing on me. And rather than me take it home, I want to make sure that we have a conversation. So at least you've heard my perspective. Literally, I've said that was basically scripted. I've said that before um, many a time. So those are some of the experiences that I've had while being black at work. I'm sure there are others. Feel free to slide in my DMs if you have any experiences of what it's like to be black at work. We'll see what I come up with next week. I think I got one or two um, related to that as Black History Month continues, but Thank you so much for listening and making it this far in the episode. You can find me on Instagram under two quick things. You can find me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud. If you're listening, you already know where to find it. Please feel free to rate and review the show. Share it with your friends. I really appreciate it. But I will see you all next week.